0: Are here. We are ready to go. Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio and the New Hope Radio podcast, which you can get anywhere. It's really called the Hope Club podcast. And these messages are placed in that podcast format for your listening pleasure. On-demand Bible studies, driving to work, driving home, sitting in the waiting room. Isn't that the most boring thing to do in the world? sit in a waiting room. How do you make it exciting? You listen to the whole club podcast. That's how. So that's why we're here. Tell me if you agree with this. Life is a rocky road (laughs) filled with highs, filled with lows, peaks and valleys, highways and potholes, you know, because life is like a journey, right? And we'll probably find ourselves in one of these places at one time or another in our journey. That's why this series is so important. We're taking a look at some people that Jesus met. And he went one-on-one with them, mano a mano. And some of these people that Jesus met, they were in their own places in life. Some in a valley, another in a pothole. (laughs) <laughs> That's what they did. That's what they were. Wasn't the best place in the world to be. But you know what? When you meet Jesus, everything changes. That's the key. That's the theme of the series. When you meet Jesus, things are going to change. And change for the better. Today we're going to meet a woman who's stuck by the side of the road. Her life is going nowhere. When someone's life is going nowhere, it's because they have little fuel or they lack fuel to move. And you know what the fuel is? Hope. Hope is the fuel for life. And she's going to meet Jesus. And guess what? She's going to have hope. And she's going to have fuel. She's going to rev up that engine. Oh, yeah. She's going to keep going. We find her in John chapter 4. Jesus and his boys, they've been traveling, actually walking. That's what they did in those days. And they came to a well. Jesus sent them to a store to buy lunch. And in John chapter 4, verse 3, here's what it says. He left Judea, and he went away again into Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. Now, Jesus took a shortcut, a short route from Judea which is in the south, to go to Galilee in the north. You know, the ancient Jews, they wouldn't take that shortcut. Oh, no. They'd rather walk around the long way. They didn't want to go through Samaria. Why? They didn't like the Samaritans. Samaritans didn't like them either. So in verse 5, he came to a city in Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son. Joseph, And you know, back in the ancient days, Jacob dug a well. And you know what they called it? Jacob's well. (laughs) Why not? Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, being wearied from his journey, he was sitting by the well, and it was about the sixth hour. That's noontime, hottest time of the day. And then something happened. Something happened that was strange, and yet it wasn't strange. Verse seven: They came a woman of Samaria, to draw water, and Jesus said to her, "Give me a drink." His disciples had gone away into the city to buy some food. Now, it was strange that a woman would come to the well at the hottest time of the day. They didn't do that; they came early in the morning or in the evening, when it was cooler. But this lady, she's coming at high noon. That was strange. But it was not strange when you understand the reason why. You know why she came at noontime? She was a woman stuck at the side of the road, with no progress in sight. A Samaritan woman in verse 9 said to him, How is it that you... Being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I'm a Samaritan woman, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She knew that like I said, the Samaritans and the Jews they were at odds for hundreds of years. See originally, the Samaritans were they were really Jewish, but they were conquered by the Assyrians, and they were deported. They intermarried with the Assyrians, and therefore they lost their true Jewish heritage. The remaining true Jews no longer accepted them as Jewish. And not only that, they hated them for what they had done. So Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jesus is trying to get her to discover who he is rather than just tell her. Why? Because there are truths in life that cannot be accepted. They must be discovered for oneself. And I think that's true for the young generation today. We try to pass down our faith to them but they need to discover it for themselves. Let's keep that in mind. So Jesus was speaking spiritually, but she's thinking naturally. She said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Now to the Jew, living water was running water. It's better than well water. Well water was stagnant. It was deep and cold and okay, but running water, oh, that's was fresh. And she said to him, you're not greater than our father Jacob. See, they still called Jacob their spiritual fathers. They considered themselves half Jewish. You're not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well? And he drank from it himself and his sons and his cattle. In other words, you can't get running water from a well. You think you can, you can provide running water from this well? Jacob dug the well. This well is stagnant. You can't get running water from it. But you see, here's the key. When you have no hope, you have no spiritual insight. Think about that. When you have no hope, you have no Spiritual insight. It's tough sometimes to witness to a person that is just completely down. They have no hope about life. Their their get up and go has got up and went, and it's difficult sometimes to share the life of Christ because they're so down. They don't. They can't even comprehend. No comprende. They can't even follow your thinking. Maybe that's where this woman was. So, the conversation continued about water. And when she asked Jesus for that living water, you know what Jesus said to her? He changes the subject. (laughs) He said to her, because he's going to bring it to a deeper place. Oh, yeah. He said to her, Go. Call your husband and come back here. You know what he did? He stabbed her right in the heart. Oh yeah. You know what happened? Failure, let down, heartache—all revived in her. Oh Jesus, touched her in a place. A place where she was wounded, and it hurt. And all those feelings, revived—they all came back. And why did Jesus do that? Why would he touch somebody like that and cause them to have all these ill feelings resurface? Maybe because the Bible says in Psalm thirty-four eighteen, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And by breaking her heart, he was creating an awareness in her that the Lord was near. And it says he saves those who are crushed spirit. So he said, go call your husband. You know what she said? I'm not married. (laughs) And Jesus said, that's right. You're not married. But you've been married five times, haven't you? And right now, you're living with a guy. How do you think she felt at that moment? And unless she was a terrible cook, I would rather think that she was on this search for happiness that never ended well. Every search, every husband left her with less hope. Five attempts at happiness, and they all failed. So now, she's just giving up. She settled for a life without commitment. Because you know what marriage is? Commitment. And she was ready and willing to settle for a life that had no commitment, just to have maybe a glimpse of fleeting happiness if she could. But you know, a life without security is a life without hope. Think about it. A life with there's no security is a life that has no hope. That's why in our relationship with God, we have great security. Our soul is secure with God, and that's why we have hope. We have the promises of God that no one can snatch us out of His hand. We have the promises of God that nothing can separate us from His love. We have the promises of God that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. See, that's why we have hope today. And even if we have major blunders in our life, we can still have hope. So for this lady, there's still good news. And now she begins to reflect spiritually. Maybe that's what brokenness does. It brings us beyond the natural and brings us into the spiritual. And she said to Jesus, Hmm, I think you may be a prophet. Because obviously he's telling her about his life. He never met her before. There are two revelations in Christianity. There's the revelation of God, where we get to know who God is and what He's like. And then there's the revelation of ourselves, when we finally get to know who we are. And we need both. We need to know who God is, and we also need to know who we are. And we can't hide you can't hide from God, and you can't hide from yourself. How many people today do both? Oh, yeah. They hide from God, thinking God doesn't see. And they hide from self, thinking that if they don't face the honesty about themselves, they'll get, they'll get by okay. No. We need to know who we are. We need that revelation. Whether we like it or not. Whether it's something that we don't want to face. If you don't face it, how can God fix it? So although she was stuck in life by the side of the road, she still had a spark that the Messiah would come one day. Because you know what she said? She said, I know that Messiah is coming. He who was called Christ. And when that one comes, oh, he'll declare all things to us. So she had that spark of hope that even though life stunk right now for her, one day the Messiah would come. And she didn't even call him the Messiah. She said Messiah, which shows a sense of personal attachment. He's going to be my Messiah when he comes one day. And you know what Jesus said to her? Here it comes. I will speak to you, Am he? You know the one you're waiting for? Here he is. He's right in front of you. You won't believe what happened. She's ready for a breakthrough. And at this point, verse 27, his disciples came back. They were amazed that he was speaking with a woman. You know, it's like, do you ever find yourself witnessing to someone in your home and the phone rings. <laughs> or you're on the phone witnessing or sharing Christ with somebody and the baby starts crying. It's like these interruptions. Where do they come from? I don't know. are doing a good thing and we get interrupted. The disciples came back. They were amazed that he was speaking with a woman, yet no one said, Who are you looking for? Or why are you speaking with her? No one questioned anything. What a contrast from verse 26 to 27. She goes from having no hope to having hope returning to her heart. And the disciples, when they showed up, they almost extinguished their hope. They almost wrecked the whole day. Boy, like we saw, remember with Zacchaeus, the life change? When Jesus said, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house tonight. And Jesus went there for dinner, and Zacchaeus is like, you know what? If I defrauded anybody as a tax collector, I'm going to give them back four times as much. His life changed when he met Jesus. And so it is with this woman. You know what she did? She forgot all about the water. (laughs) She was there for water. She said, that's not important anymore. She left her water pot. She went into the city, and she said to the men, the men are hanging out downtown, probably playing checkers. I don't know what they're doing. She said, oh, come and see a man. He told me all things I've done. This is not the Christ, is it? You know what she didn't say? She didn't say, I found the Christ. You got to come and see. Because you know what they would have said? Yeah, sure, honey, go back to your water pot. You've been in the sun too long. She's smart. Oh, she's a smart lady. And you know why she didn't tell the men she found the Christ? Because he can't tell men anything. (laughs) They know it all. He can not tell them anything. So that's why she asked, do you think this could be the Christ? So now they're like, oh, okay, you stay here. We'll go see. We'll go check this out for you, honey. You just stay right there. (laughs) So she kind of put the ball on their court. She's a very smart lady. She was amazed by Jesus' ability to see into her innermost being. That's how she knew something was different. Oh, something's different. He's telling me everything about myself. He doesn't even know me. You know what David said in Psalm 139? In verse 4, Even before there is a word on my tongue, Behold, O Lord, you know it all. That's why you know Jesus is divine. He knows it all. One time a little girl who heard Charles Spurgeons, Charles Spurgeons preach. She went to church with her mother, and Spurgeons preaching away. And when it was over, she said, Mother, how does he know what goes on in our house? <laughs> Isn't that true? Doesn't Don't you always have that feeling that, you know, you go to church, you're listening to your pastor, and then you're thinking, wow, how did, he, how did he know what I'm going through? Or how did he know what I was thinking? That's the Holy Spirit. He doesn't know. We don't know. But the Holy Spirit knows. And the Holy Spirit takes the Word of God and plants it in your heart because he knows what you need. He knows what you need. He knows your comings and your goings. And he can take a general message of God's Word and make it personal to everybody in the gathering. Isn't that incredible? That's a miracle. So everybody hears the same message, but they can walk out with something different. See, that's a miracle. These are the miracles that I like to see in church. Forget about these miracle workers. They go all over the world collecting money with these so-called miracles. Let me tell you something. That's a miracle. When that preacher can get up there and talk to a couple of hundred people, and they all walk away with something personal. That's God. That's not him. That's God, the Holy Spirit. He's just delivering the message, and the Holy Spirit takes it and applies it. So this lady goes into town. She's like evangelizing. Remember Legion? We talked about him. Legion said, oh, Jesus, I want to come with you. And Jesus said, no, go back and tell everybody the great things the Lord has done for you. And he went and he shared his story. We talked about sharing our story. Everybody has a story. Maybe you don't know the Bible that well and you can't explain everything, but you can explain everything what God has done for you. You know that quite well. And you can share your story. And you know what? That's even better. Because like I always say, you can argue with scripture. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about that? You cannot argue with a changed life. And when you share your story and how your life was changed, pff, there's no argument there. There's not. Now, they can reject it. That's up to them but you know what you're talking about, okay? So that's what this lady did. She went back into town, and she shared, wow, what happened with Jesus and her, how he read her heart. He knew her history. She said, come and see a man who told me all the things that I've done. He knew about all my marriages. This is not the Christ, is it? You think it could be him? So the men came out to see. They came out to see Jesus. And the disciples now, they're asking if Jesus had anything to eat while they were gone. Because they said, Master, eat. You know what he said to them? I'm kind of satisfied right now. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. He said, do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Oh, behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look on the fields that they are white for the harvest. You know what I think Jesus is looking at? All the men from the town coming up and they are white robes. They look like cotton ready to be picked. Here comes the harvest. See all those souls? That's the harvest. Are you ready? Are you ready? to work in the fields. That's what he's talking about. Now, because of this event in verse 41, many more believed because of his word. Many more people in Samaria, they believed, they got saved. And you know what else happened? This is incredible. (laughs) The, the, The Samaritans asked Jesus to stay with them for a few more days, for two more days. And you know what? He did. What? He stayed in Samaria for two more days, the place where Jews wouldn't even step foot in that area. And Jesus hung out with them for two days. That was unheard of. And then he continued his journey to Galilee. And you know the outcome? The whole town was blessed because of this woman, because of her. A woman who, though she would live the rest of her life, stuck by the side of the road with no future, no gas, no hope. When she met Jesus, everything changed. That's why I love this story. Because she represents so many people stuck by the side of the road. Is that you? Stuck by the side of the road? Let me tell you something. What happened to her can happen to anyone. You can get the fuel. You can get the hope to keep going. If you're willing to see God and to see yourself. I think a lot of folks today, even Christians, oh, they want to see God, but they don't want to see themselves. They don't want to face themselves. They hide behind the spiritual facade. That's not going to get you anywhere. We need both revelations, both of them. Listen, God loves you. He loves you with all your nooks and crannies, all your misgivings, all your failures, all your hypocrisies. He knows it. We have a flush I mean, flesh, flush. We should be flushed. <laughs> we should be flushed on the toilet, but God says, no, I'm going to save you. I'm going to save your soul. I know who you are. I know your frame. You know what? I know that you're made from dust. I still love you. I got up. I'm going to raise you up. That's what he wants to do. This, listen, being honest about God and honest about ourselves. It's the best thing we can do. It's the best thing we can do for ourselves. Take off the mask. Take off the smile. Take off the spiritual facade. Say, yes, God, this is who I am. This lady tried to hide, you know, in the beginning. Oh, no, I'm not married. Yeah, of course you're not married, Jesus said, but I know you're living with somebody. How do you know that? Because he's the Messiah. That's how. So God knows everything. If God knows everything, we might as well be honest. Let's be honest about God. And let's be honest about ourselves and get to know Christ in a personal way. Oh, in a way that if we weren't honest, we'd never know him. So you let down your veneer. Take off your armor. You'd be totally vulnerable with God. Totally. And let him bring the healing. Let him heal. You know, like when you're going for surgery, right? right? What do they do? Take off your clothes and put on a robe it will take off your clothes. Here, put on this little blue robe. We're going in for surgery. So we do that with God. All things are open and bare before Him anyway. So we might as well be honest. Next time we're together, we're going to see Jesus draw out of a man faith. Here's a guy... I don't think he knew he had faith but come to find out he did ain't that a kicker having something great you don't even know it and then when you find out you did everything changes that's what's going on tomorrow here join me New Hope Radio or the Hope Club podcast because Jesus is meeting some people and you know what these people they resemble us don't they oh yeah They're very similar to many of us. Best thing we can do? Let's meet Jesus and let Jesus meet you right where you are.